This podcast explores explicit and adult-themed content. If discussions of sex or male bondage offend you, or if you are under the age of 18, you should not continue listening to this episode or future episodes of The Bondage Gaze. By continuing to listen, you acknowledge that you are at least 18 years old and aren't offended by discussions of male bondage, sex, pornography, or other kinds of content with sexual themes. Welcome back to the Bondage Gaze. I'm Nat. And I'm Sammy. Today we're still joined by Nate. Hey, good to be back again. How's your week been? My week's been pretty good. Honestly, nothing to complain about. Um, okay, so uh, what do you like about playing in groups? Groups. So I actually really love being in a group of doms on one sub. Uh, this happens like a lot at Ticklefest. Usually it's a sub who's like, oh, I, I like all of you. You all want to gang up with me. And we're like, oh, we like look at each other and wink. And we're like, ah, oh, he's so fucked. But I think the thing I like about that is you get to like learn from other doms that you might not have otherwise played with. I mean, I might have because switching. But you kind of get to like not be fully responsible for the whole thing so we did this recently we were going on a little kinky road trip down the east coast and there was a stop in south carolina and a bunch of us ganged up on one guy who really wanted it and he needs a lot of attention more than one person can really give him so it was nice to have four five of us a bunch of us all going nuts on him and i got to step away into the air conditioning take a glass of water and then come back and not stop the scene right he was totally under the weather for three whole hours and loved every minute of it. And I think that's much, like, that's a lot of fun because I don't feel like my needs aren't being taken care of while I'm taking care of someone else. Um, we can kind of take care of each other as as a group of doms. And that's ugh, so fun. Yeah, it's like, I mean, that would, like, I have, like, a similar kind of feeling about that because, you know, when you when you dominate, you're, well, once again, getting back to, like, you know, when you're, you sub, you kind of want somebody who is taking care of you. You want somebody to have your back and all of that. And then, so when you have one other dom or a few other doms or something like that around you know there's a lot less risk of like okay like i can take a break and like not pay attention to what's happening because the, whoever is tied up is you know they're, they're they they have people taking care of them and so if anything goes south there's plenty of people to untie them and you know readjust them or whatever and yeah like it, you know each individual person can kind of step back or whatever yeah i mean i don't have a lot to say about this because i've had literally only one experience where it was three of us actually in my single days i did have a moment with a couple but it was very like last day it's not even worth mentioning i vaguely think it was like loosely tied to the bed and a strip of tape for all of 10 minutes it was shit uh but that being said i did have two sessions with aussie Gearboy and my husband in both instances my husband and i were both the doms so it was nice being able to tie someone up and also have someone to help you if i was talking Commenting him, my husband could be filming it. So that was great. And both times for a small amount of the time, I did get tied up as well. That was nice. During the last tie we had, Ben and I were both hogtied on the floor and we both were trying to escape. And then there were a lot of comments like, oh no, we're gonna, if Ben gets loose, we're both gonna tie you up and leave you there. It didn't happen. I've yet to have two doms. I mean, come on, that's, as a sub, that's the fantasy, isn't it? Yeah. Still very green in that regard. Yeah, it's 
like, I mean, you know, okay, well, obviously I've done a few bondage group types of things like that. I mean, I think this is even a topic we kind of get to a little bit later about like the ratios with doms and subs and switches and stuff like that that are involved. But it is definitely better when there are more more doms than subs. Um, and yeah, like, like I mean, because one of the things is that is like, I don't know, like it's really hot to have somebody kind of holding you and like covering your mouth while like another person is like actually like tying you and stuff like that. And, and, then, and then also like to just be, you know, to just be held while another person like kind of, I don't know, like, t- like plays with your nipples, like undresses you, etc. Like, you know, just to have two sets of hands on you at the same time, like there's something just, um you know, really fun and fulfilling about that. Yeah, definitely. The one thing that also happens at Tickle Fest a lot, which is super fun, is just kind of like wrestling. Um, and if there's like eight of you on a king size bed and there's one guy in the middle and we're all holding him down, um, or you're that one guy getting held down. I also really like that. I like the bondage aspect of things, but if it's like eight guys ganging up on all my limbs and I can't do anything about it, mega hot. Well, you talking about even being held down by multiple guys. Like, so um, I remember one person bringing up the scene from uh, North by Northwest uh, to me with uh, where Cary Grant, like he doesn't get tied up in the movie, but he gets incapacitated a lot. And also like, there's like a scene where like several guys are holding him down for something. And like that it has, you know, been a scene of interest for like a few people even though there's no actual like you know there's no gag there's no actual restraints there's just something about like the manpower of like different guys being able to hold somebody down and incapacitate him or carry it away or something obviously people want multiple doms working them over but there's also that power dynamic where you're just tied up left while all these quote-unquote doms are just going about their evening doing whatever they want socializing drinking and you're just on the floor tied up you're the living room bitch basically there's that humiliation aspect there's that loss of power i think that's what does it for me and not so much having four or five people working me over oh my god you okay you saying that reminds me of so the post that i did a few days ago where i talked about that party you know where people were getting tied up and everything and it's funny because taylor from bound guys bound taylor um it's funny because he showed up to that and i mean he got tied up and everything like that but by the time he showed up there's already several people people like tied up including me and I was probably by the door at that point and it's like I just find it so funny that like when he when he walked in it's like I was just already completely bound and gagged and you know so I was able to see him come in but not unable to like say anything to him or anything like that and yeah it's like that and then I I mean I eventually got blindfolded and was yeah like kind of there but I wasn't the only one tied up and other people are getting untied and other people are getting tied up and it just kind of switched throughout the night so I wasn't necessarily the team bitch of the group but yeah it's like I mean there is that kind of element of like people just kind of being around you like generally having a party drinking eating whatever and then you're just there bound and gagged and yeah so was that your first time meeting Taylor in person okay the funny thing is we haven't officially met but we've sort of met and I think that was like another thing is like okay that could have been my opportunity to be like hey like you know actually greet him or something like that but I was incapacitated at the time so so I yeah so I couldn't but yeah I feel like it 
it's been almost like what people say with like phone tag of like when you call somebody and they're not available and then you leave a message and they call you back and you're not available and they leave a message it's like in a way i feel like it's sort of been like that i mean we have met at this point like i mean there's pictures of us together in the same room and whatever um now but like it's been you know like a like a weird sort of ongoing thing with both of us like living in chicago and everything and seeing each other at places so had you met in person before that i have it's it's been not like once again it hasn't been like a formal hi i'm i'm not whatever you know like stuff like that but we we have like before that point okay so it wasn't your first i was thinking if that's your first time ever locking eyes on each other in person what an impression you don't really need the introductions because you've had all that online yeah yeah kind of i mean it's funny knowing how much people know about me even if i if i haven't had a conversation with them or if i've had very short brief conversations but like you know they read shit i post they listen to the podcast they whatever like know things about me so what might be preferable about playing one-on-one in comparison to groups one-on-one's definitely my default and i like it for the intimacy i feel like i get to have that conversation at my pace for what they want what they don't want how they want to do it the scene also goes at my pace uh, which sometimes having like those peaks of intensity and then like slow down just letting me just hug you in that hog tie so like that's when i'm doming it's kind of preferable because then i'm in like literal full control of the situation and i feel like i can provide exactly what they want uh, in a way that i find fun too i also generally prefer one-on-one when i'm subbing to for i guess similar reasons that level of intimacy where i feel actually cared for uh whereas i'm the person the focus of the the scene if there's more people involved it's, it's just a different situation not that i don't like having a group scene where i'm subbing it's just it almost feels more like playful kinky than like intimate sexy and i'm into both but i think i think i would go for intimate sexy a lot and uh that's not always how the group scenes go okay like i feel like this gets into like what you were saying about like your fetishes versus your kink interests because i feel like group settings could be more for your kink interests because i mean first of all there's just the the social fun party kind of element of having several people but like i don't know it might not get you off or it might be too difficult to get off or like yeah it's like because i feel like that's something i sort of had to learn it's like okay if there's a bunch of people around and stuff like that first of all the vibe is very the vibe is a lot more playful than like okay like we're gonna get you off like type of thing like that and then also like it's so fucking distracting with like with you know with people chattering everywhere with you know just stuff kind of going on and whatever even if somebody is like really kind of trying with you it's like sometimes you just can't go there like you you just can't get into the subhead space you can't you know fully get off or anything like get that kind of pleasure because there's just so much happening and on a practical level if you're in a group there's usually more than one thing i want to do so i'm not gonna like go in get head up come be like bye i want to do more things so i'm probably gonna hold that till the end of the night yeah so what about you not what do you think well because obviously when you're playing one-on-one it's like there's more focus on you and there's more kind of experience and there's more you know th- like there's more of an experience for you um with it and everything like that um yeah it's like but then again it, it is a different kind of it's a different animal to play you know with somebody one-on-one and to play like in a group setting or something like i feel like there's certain expectations um to set for those kinds of things there is different good and bad things about one thing or the other i mean because one thing i sort of mentioned about like kind of going off of you know okay if i don't know everybody can um you know tap out and tap in or whatever if there's more people around and you know there's more people around there's more eyes on you there's more attention there's more 
more um, safety, there's more things like that, you know, things that come with numbers. But then the other problem with the group can be that like, okay, maybe in some instances, people might assume, okay, well, there's plenty of people here. So, you know, so somebody's got you. So I'm going to go to this other room and do something else and whatever like that. And I feel like there might be a group think about that. And then you kind of wind up alone or something. And it's like, um, I'm still here. And Oh, no. Yeah. See, I don't know. I think, again, I'm too inexperienced to give too much of an opinion. But with one-on-one, it's just both people have their roles. It's going to be a lot more intimate. Pretty much what you said, Nate. If you're in a group session, not everyone has a defined position. You can kind of be fighting to get attention. And it's not necessarily true for three, four, five people. But adding more people, there's the risk that not everyone will be included. Some people will just feel left out. And if I think if maybe you're more of an introverted personality, because in that situation, unless you're the sub being worked over, you need to be vocal and you need to include yourself because everyone else is busy doing what they need to do to think about what you're doing. Yeah, like in a way, like as a sub, especially, I guess you have to be, you, you have to be i guess more of a brat and more loud and more like hey i'm still here like like i want something like you know yeah it's like because people's focus might be you know more on another person or something like that or it, there, there's more opportunity to kind of get drowned out and you know in the crowd or something like but if you're the sub in that position being ignored isn't necessarily a bad thing i was gonna say it actually like filters the doms a little bit because i've been in those positions where there's a lot of subs around tied up somewhere and like who are the doms who are like making sure everybody's okay because th- those those will get filtered out pretty quick and i like those people uh, mostly because i am one when i'm on the dom side of it uh but it's like oh look at you paying attention to the whole room i like that uh and those are the people i want to talk to afterwards yeah it's like i mean there was kind of a designated guy um i think he was the only one who didn't get tied up um for that last weekend like over over easter weekend he just didn't want to sub he didn't want to get tied up at all but like he was a really good assistant to all the doms like for like for that like he would help with tying people you know when the party happened and several things were I, I just said like fuckery was going on everywhere in every corner he was going around to like everyone who was tied up and checking in on them and everything and you know at, at first it seemed a little weird of like okay like like dude why are you here if you're not like if you don't want to get tied up or something but when I kind of noticed him doing that it's like okay like there like there there is a, a function and a purpose for this because you know a lot of like the actual doms were just like you know dead set on one person and then dead set on another person and all of that and there was at least this one guy to kind of go around and check in on everyone and yeah like that was really nice okay that brings up an interesting thought i don't know if you'd call it an interesting thought but we'll go with that because you guys are all friends this is a bondage group i don't think you necessarily need to partake in the bondage to be part of the group you can be there just for the social aspect because i even said this i think it was to Gaz recently. I want to meet all these people. I would love to be part of these events, part of this group, but I don't necessarily know if I want to be tied up. But that being said, I would also be happy to assist, get involved in tying people up. So I see what you mean. You're like, it's a bondage group. Why aren't you partaking in the bondage? But also, I think it's also a valid position to be there just for the social aspect. Yeah, I think that that is a thing that I also do sometimes. And I've seen my groups of friends when we get together in big hotel rooms or something. Sometimes it's someone who's not feeling that weekend but still wants to hang out with us and i think the best way i can summarize it is um i remember asking someone at the end of his first fest i was like how has this gone for you i'm interested to hear because it's your first one and he says
says, you know, this feels like one of those times you can be your whole self for more than one day. And that's what I get out of being in these kinky spaces. Like, sure, I do find it fun, but I have a group of friends who organizes like a bondage and board games in the woods kind of cabin weekend. And I don't always need to do the kinky thing, but being able to like tell all my stories, not have to hold anything back to like look at someone's gear and be like, oh my God, can I try that on? Uh, And like not have to hide a big part of myself makes it possible to just fucking relax. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, that's why, I mean, kind of getting back to that party and my post about it, it's like, that's why I, it's like, yeah, it's like, I mean, that's why I drew that comparison, you know, between what we were doing to like something like, uh, like uh, Casa Susana, uh, which was, you know, a historic, um, like a, a camp for trans people that it was a camp. So it was in the woods and isolated and everything like that in the 60s. And it's like where trans people who most of them were, you know, probably in the closet and everything like for being trans and everything. And this was like their one, you know, event to just like escape just the regular world and dress as themselves and be themselves and all of that and be around other people who are just like them. And yeah, it's like, I mean, because there is something that's just really fucking great about just being able to be like with your people and like not have to mask and hide like the way you normally do in your regular life. And more and more, I'm trying to make my quote unquote regular life a whole lot less regular. Most of my vanilla friends know that I'm the director of Tickle Fest. What am I going to do? Just like hold back the thing that's most important to me right now? Like when someone says, oh yeah, do you know anything about event organizing? And I'm like, no, what? That's not the life I want to live. So I'd rather filter for the people who can hear that and enjoy that part of me. I just want to be celebrated for a whole ass person, not just a a half-assed person. So I'm trying to cull the parts of my life where I'm a a half-assed person to other people. That is great. It is a big aspect of your life. So why would you feel the need to hold back? Obviously, there are some instances where it's not necessary to bring it up, of course. I was at a baby shower recently and a side note, I was like, oh my God, baby shower. I fucking hate baby showers. But this friend is cool and we knew she'd probably have like a co-ed, more backyard party type baby shower. And she did. But we were talking to this friend of ours that we hadn't seen in a year or so just because pandemic and life taking over and talking about just random shit. Like, what have you been doing? I'm sitting there like, I really just want to blurt out like all the kink stuff or not even the kink stuff. But like, I have an OnlyFans or something. I didn't, but I was just like, I really want to tell her. Those moments when you're like holding that all back, I didn't realize, uh, except through my most recent therapist, that like that I actually like get exhausted from and gives me a lot more stress than I thought. So yeah, when people ask, they get the real answer now. That's kind of the deal. Yeah, like, I mean, because it's like, I feel like for the most part, you know, like, I feel like most people don't want to hide things about themselves. Like, I feel like so many people just like, you know, are just dying to be open about like what they're into about like things like that but of course like shame and other kinds of internal things sort of prevent people from doing that and yeah it's like I mean it's like I said like it's like I feel like what's a lot of kinksters that I interact with on Instagram who are probably completely closeted as kinksters I feel like you know especially when they're fixated on a specific like fetish thing like tied this way and this outfit with this kind of gag and things like that it's like I feel like a lot of those people are just like you know they just want to shout off the rooftops like what it is they're into just because it's it's so painful and alienating and isolating to like hold all of that in yeah and you can tell when you have these like 
fantasy conversations with these people that because it's happened many, many, many times to all of us, I'm sure. Like they're not satisfied, even when you're like, oh, cool. And you like dig into it a little bit and you talk to them like they're like they're not done. Right. They're like, oh, can we talk like that again? Well, I think I get you now. This is a good thing. But they don't feel seen and understood in general, which is totally reasonable. And I'm glad they're reaching out online in some capacity. But like, I also can't be their infinite source of feeling seen on Instagram messages. No, you're only one person. You can only do so much. Um, so what advice uh, might you have for people who haven't done bondage in group settings before? And then I have a list of things we can talk about, but we don't have to get to all of them. Um, one is setting expectations, trusting people and exercising caution, um, establishing connections with the people ahead of time and having good mutual connections, etc. Okay, so advice for people who want to engage in group sessions, but haven't done it before. Honestly, this is going to sound kind of counterintuitive, but if you haven't done group stuff before, go to an event. I really like event spaces because there's usually a clear code of conduct. There's people who have cultural norms around being reasonable humans. They've all been hanging out together for a long time. None of them likely suck. I actually find these like group play spaces to be a lot safer and like easier to jump into because they know what it's like to be a newbie entering these spaces. If you're trying to build that space on your own with like six friends from the internet, I think that's like a bigger challenge rather than walking into one that's already been created and finding your corner of it. It might be more intimidating but I actually think you might be more likely to get the experience you want with more experienced players all at an event here to do the thing. That being said, even at those events, like you still want to find at least one person, if not the whole group, if you're doing a little private thing in your room versus like finding a corner of the playroom to, to play in, you always want to make sure at least one person like totally gets what you do and do not want to do. And that includes like things you really want, like the way you're going to have the best scene, if you're subbing, especially is like, you got to tell someone the thing that really gets you off the thing you're looking for. You can't just hope that they get there because I'm going to be honest, it's not going to happen. If you've got something specific that really gets you going, tell someone and they'll totally take advantage of it, which will be a blast. Um, but like sometimes um, like at Tickle Fest, there's guys who are like, I want to get tied down to the bed in the playroom, but I don't want to have like a hundred guys on me. That's really, that would make me have a panic attack or whatever. And, you know, you can tell someone like, ah, keep it to like four guys max on me. Don't really care who's on me, but like four guys max. And that's the thing that people will enforce 100%. Definitely want to make sure everyone's having the, the kind of experience that they want there. So that's my advice there is with go to an event first. My advice is like kind of similar but like it's like the other way of that of like because okay so something that has happened a lot since i'm sort of starting to become known for a lot of group things like that is people come out of the woodwork and just like just straight up ask me like okay can you invite me to the next like group thing that you have like that or something and then typically a lot of those people aren't even that experienced with like one-on-one -on -one bonded sessions and everything like like one i usually don't know them that well and then two they're not very experienced with one-on-one -on -one sessions or something like that and it's like in a way i kind of feel like in a way i feel like they could kind of take your advice of like you know of going to a kink event or something like that and trying it that way because i don't know it's like there might be a little bit more freedom with that or something like that but it's also like you still do kind of need a buddy to sort of lean on like you know somebody that has your back that kind of understands you to help you with you know with that kind of thing who knows what you want and knows your 
your limits and everything. But I mean, the big thing with me is, okay, so when I have most of these things, it's typically with people that I know really well, like people I've probably met once or twice in person, people I've probably talked to online for a long time. And we we know a lot about each other, people that we've had on the podcast, like, etc, 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 like people that I've done multiple kinds of things with that I sort of know them inside and out in a matter of speaking, um, you know, something kind of like that. And then it's like, okay, and then, you know, kind of doing the, I don't know, like do, doing the Power Rangers thing at the end of every episode, when they all come together and make that one thing to conquer the, the main boss at the end of the episode, like, you, you know, it's like, it's be, being able to assemble all of that. And then plus, like mutual connections with those people of like, okay, so, you know, for some of these sessions, I was meeting people for the first time. However, you know, we have good, you know, we have good mutual connections with other friends and stuff like that. And so, you know, there's just all these things interwoven and everything like none of these people came completely out of the woodwork from nothing and were just included in this. Like there was a lot of other things, you know, at play. Yeah, the group things that I end up going to are also people I've known for years. And this is like the culmination of that. It's not the opposite, right? You don't get invited to one of these things and then make your friends because the nightmare situation is that you go to this big bondage weekend, you're in the middle of nowhere and you don't get along with anybody. That is entirely possible. But at an event, you find these people you don't get along with super well, you can find your people. So people who want to get into the, the group scenes and stuff, I think you should, but do it by making like forming connections with real people as your full self uh, and you'll get the best luck there. Great advice, guys. My only advice to you all, and it's the obligatory once every few episodes, my advice is come to Australia. I still haven't been, so I would love to go one day. Um, okay, so I feel like we've kind of touched on this already, but uh, so why do these settings need a good DOM sub switch balance ratio, etc.? I mean, the balance, I've seen the balance work out a couple different ways, but obviously you don't want a room full of people who don't want to be tied up. Uh, that's probably not going to work out for a fun bondage time. I think that's why it's kind of nice to have at least like a good buffer zone of switches because then we can kind of fill out the needs of the group, especially when you really do enjoy both sides. It is tougher as a switch when you're the switch buffer and you're like, actually, I don't want to get tied up today. And they're like, but there's only two of them. And I'm like, uh, there's pressure to do the thing that I can do when I don't want to. But having a good mix is always good. And I think that's what you get. It gets a little easier at the larger numbers. So I feel like once you hit like 12, that's when the possibilities just start really opening up. See, I'm not sure about this one because provided there's not too much of a disproportionate ratio, I think you can make most numbers work. Surplus of subs, then you've got DOMs that just get to work over multiple subs. Surplus of DOMs, which is, I think, a rare occurrence, but then they can all take turns torturing the sub. But of course, if you've got one DOM to five or six subs, then yeah, that might get a bit much for the DOM. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's what I wanted to get at because it's like, I mean, because dominating is, it, it is work. Like whether you're tying up one person or six people, it's work and it's more work when there's more people. And then, yeah, it's like, because, you know, there there is that good thing of multiple doms, like being able to kind of help out and everything like that. But yeah, it's like, but when the, when the energy gets too subby, it's too much. Like I, at least for me, it's like, I don't know. There are some doms who I feel like can handle a school of subs and can, you know, know tie up several people and they're very efficient and whatever and they kind of like the challenge 
or whatever, I'm not one of those people. I, like, I've been in scenarios where the... And, and then see, the thing is, it was disappointing to me because going into it, I felt like, okay, there's a good balance of switches here. Like, there, there were no clear doms, but, like, it seemed like there was enough switch energy. But then when it actually happened, a lot... I think a lot of the other switches kind of... I think the group sort of intimidated them, so it made them kind of cower into, like, being a little bit more subby. And then so it kind of put more weight on, you know, the people who are more dominant, which in that case, it was kind of me. And yeah, like I didn't really like that at all. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of work. It's it can be tiring, um, especially when a lot of people have a lot of expectations, especially when there's a lot of personalities. And there's also the safety aspect, too. If you've got one dom to multiple subs and something goes wrong, then you're on the hook as a dom for untying all these people. Granted, once you've untied one, then that person can start helping and so on and so forth. But yeah, if there's too many subs per dom, it does add that extra risk to it. Yeah, like, and then getting back to like when I did um, that Dark Knight shoot with several guys. Okay, well, one for efficiency, because it was, you know, well, certain guys were tied up for a while because there were several guys being tied up and everything and also for efficiency so like tying people quickly and then also tying like the last few people not that well just like okay like you can you could struggle out of the just in case like just so I don't have like five helpless people and I'm the only person who's not tied and in case anything happened to me or something like yeah like it's like okay well at least one or two of you can easily get out of whatever whatever like restraints you have and help me or something and 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 that is how it worked like the last guy I tied up, I barely did anything to his wrists. And, you know, once the shoot was over, he got up and, you know, like, like took his ropes off and kind of helped me with untying some of the other people. And yeah, I've, I've been in a couple of those positions too. I, I've had um like, a, I think there were like four or five subs and then three, at least untied people, five people tied up. And then they're like, oh, we got to get this guy at the airport. Can you take care of these guys? And it was just me. And I was like, what? And then they left. So I was like, I'm going to just start untying people. This is not what I signed up for it. <laughs> it's not even my house, right? I don't know where all this stuff is. So I was like, Mm-mm. I'm going to just pick people and then I'm sorry, your time is up, uh, which they were fine with. And then, and then a big thing with too much sub energy that like really just fucking annoys me is like indecisiveness of like, because I'm somebody that it's like, I'm not too commanding for whatever I want. I will always propose ideas. And if people don't want to do it, I'm completely fine with it. But like, it, it, it just gets annoying of like, okay, propose something and then people do and then people debate it but then they bring up something else but then they still can't decide and then it's just like we're, we're spending hours fucking deliberating what the hell we're gonna do and like nobody's tied up and it's like okay like then what are we doing i think that's any group no matter what you're doing people are just so indecisive it's like what do you want to get for dinner i don't know you pick we're all guilty of it i love going to a kink event where everyone's there to get tied up and they're like not doing it so i just dump all my rope on a couch and i'm like who's getting tied up and i have infinite volunteers so i just tie someone up first because sometimes doms are like oh i don't want to like look like an idiot in front of other doms and some subs are like too shy to ask and i'm like i have a pile of rope who wants to be in it love that and you did the right thing i mean you know you did the right thing in that instance where you were left with all these subs you would have to at least untie one person so you have someone else helping you out i understand that they needed to take someone to the airport or one of them could have taken someone to the airport but that's pretty bad form to just dump these subs on you and run basically yeah i mean this was a while ago. 
I don't remember all the details there. It could have been much more explicit and I just didn't know what to do. But yeah, this was, I must have been like 23. I don't know. Still young, impressionable, unexperienced. Oh, well, you had that experience. You've learned from it. Not that you did anything wrong that you needed to learn from it, but you learned that other people can be shit cunts. You know, other people can be shit cunts. You're right. Another thing kind of, well, okay, getting back to the, the, the fantasy form that we filled out, like when it was shared, like, like somebody in that group chat even brought up i don't know that he he felt weird about like submit submitting like a fantasy or something he wants to do like i don't know like he he felt weird i think he felt weird about like asking or something like that and and then i kind of told him it's like okay i'm gonna be submitting several fantasies if we do only one of them i'll be fine with it if we do none of them i'll be fine with it i'm just kind of throwing all, you know i'm just shooting my shot like i'm just throwing that out there see if anybody wants to do it and then i also said it's like you know we're all doing this for a reason so we all want to do something we want to get something out of this so nobody's gonna fault you for wanting to do something anyone else have anything to add about group sessions i guess just to sum up what i was just saying it's like okay well when kinksters get in a group for bondage it's like i mean bondage is like on the table so it's like people shouldn't be scared of like asking like for something or articulating what they want or even just getting the ball rolling by tying people up of like i mean you know we all met for this and everything we're this is what we all like this is what we're connecting with each other over so like i mean there's nothing wrong with getting things started and like let's fucking do it yeah there's always just that one person has to break the ice and then everyone follows suit be the change you want to see in the world man I, okay like for one of the days um in the last like group meetup that i did like i loved how because i feel like you know when there's a full day of this like when everybody wakes up in the airbnb and everyone's up and everyone ate and you know all that's left is like okay well i guess we can kind of start bondage but like nobody knows how to like break that ice like i loved how for one of those days um because one of my friends just like you know just flew in that morning and i i took him to breakfast because the way the airbnb was set up like there was no place where we could comfortably talk without like disturbing anyone who was sleeping so it's like okay let's let's just go like it's like you just got you know you just flew here we're the only people awake let's go have breakfast whatever um but yeah then by the time we came back everyone was awake and everyone was awake and like doing stuff but like no no action has gotten started and then so i love that like i went up to my room and i put on uh my cowboy gear which is something i've been doing lately um so i it's like yeah like i kind of put that on and then just um, and then with my friend that just flew in, it's like, okay, well, you need to get tied up. Like, you, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're the last one to show up here and everything like that. Like, so let's just start doing that. And then I love how once I kind of did that, I feel like that kind of kicked everybody else into gear of like, okay, like, let's start, you know, let's start doing stuff. Like, let's start, you know, getting into our gear. Let's start, you know, tying people up. Let's start doing things. Like, I was just thinking it would have been fun if you had brought him into the group already tied up. Would have been too much work, but. Here's the new guy. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, we have our viewer question. So this comes from, and I possibly am mispronouncing this username, LenverseDudeCore83. So he asked, and I'm going to rephrase it, but he asked, on average, how many hours per week do you dedicate to bondage? I'm going to change it to how many hours per week do you dedicate to kink? And I'm also going to add planning, events, in our case, the podcast, editing, promoting, all of that counts. So how many hours would you say on average? It's probably at least two hours. 
hours a day. I'm not going to lie. Mostly because I am running Ticklefest and I check that every day because I also moderate our Discord that we have, checking emails and our um, registration list that's coming out. So like that's like most of it. And then like, but also, you know, I'm, st- I'm still cruising around on Recon and trying to set up meets in the future. I think for some some weeks, it's not much and some weeks it's a lot. So I think it averages out kink in general, probably like 10 hours a week, which is still a lot. But, you know, specifically to bondage, because most of my kink stuff is around it. I used to, when I was learning rope, I would always have something in my hands and I'd be tying a new knot, practicing it for the 400th, 401st, 402nd time to get it in my fingers. So I used to just, it was literally constant. Anytime I was awake, I was practicing bondage because I just like rope stuff anyway. Um, Now that I've gotten a lot of it in there, I don't do that as often. When I learn something new, it usually takes a little bit less time for me to learn it. I don't feel like I need to practice constantly like I did when I was first trying to learn in earnest. You know, in some weeks I'll have three scenes with a guy and some months I don't play at all. Uh, It's kind of just how I'm feeling and if that's what I need in my life. So it's a big part of my life for sure. A really big part of it, but I guess number of hours I solely dedicate to it. It's a different way to measure it. Yeah, it's a very difficult question to answer. What about you, Nat? Do you have a ballpark figure? I mean, when you asked if we should ask this question, I was like, I don't think I have an answer, but... That's why I said, look, the podcast counts. Yeah, it's like, well, because, okay, the podcast, as well as editing photos, as well as doing Instagram posts, as well as doing Instagram asks, as well as just talking to other kinksters about, like, bondage or fantasies, writing stories, talking about meeting up, planning (laughs) events, group chats, like, I I don't know. It's like, I I don't know if... I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. (laughs) <laughs> like when I think about it, like yeah, I'm gonna say my answer is too fucking many. But to put a number on it, I would say, especially right now, days off, I'm probably spending a good six hours at least on editing. Some of it is because we have a lot of difficulty with technology or connectivity, and some of it is necessary. Some of it is just because I am a crazy person who obsesses over like, oh, that transition doesn't sound perfect, or you can kind of hear that it's a bit choppy. How can I make it? sound like I didn't cut anything out of that so I'll be spending 10 minutes on like this one second which I think personally I think is necessary but it's probably not uh so let's say editing we'll say 15 hours a week promoting you probably add another two or three recording the podcast right now is probably about nine hours then if you add bondage it would used to be on average I'd say about an hour and a half a week before I was substandard semi I'm gonna say and this is probably on the low end it probably averages over the course of a year about 25 hours a week because it's basically another full-time job. Yeah, especially with all that editing. I feel like if you do your edits super smoothly like that, no one will notice you even edited, which is the goal. So even if I haven't noticed everything you've done, when I listen, it sounds super smooth. So it means I didn't even think about how much work went into editing. Yeah, it's a bit of a catch-22 because you want people to know how much work's put into it. But like they say, when you do things right people won't think you've done anything at all but I can hear even with like smoothing fading in fading out I can still hear it and it is a the thought is is it choppy because it's choppy or is it choppy because I know it's been chopped yeah it's like what people say about the the bass player in a band of like most people don't notice what what the bass player is doing or anything like that but then you know once there is no bass or they're do- 
doing playing something wrong or something that's when people notice and they get pissed off or something yeah it's the same thing with event organizing if uh you know you show up registration goes smoothly you have a great time the schedule was on time like no one's like noticing that that took an ass ton of work uh they're just like wow super smooth and we had someone in our discord recently like describe the event to a new person who's never been before and then at the end of his description he's like huh this is way more organized than he used to be and like he's been coming for years over time but like is a slow build he didn't really notice i guess and i was like yeah that means i've been doing a good job if all the little details aren't something that the people who attend have to think about constantly because they shouldn't yeah that's a big compliment though so do you prefer donuts or bagels? I am not a sweets person. So I think I'm going to go with bagels. I specifically remember I always have a traveling job. And one of these days I just didn't want to travel. I was just feeling kind of down on myself. And I was like, Ugh. so I wake up to go to a client site and I go to a little corner store to get a bagel sandwich. I'm eating it. I'm just being kind of pissy. Like my whole mood is just like, Ugh. but then two bites in, I'm like, oh my God, why is this sandwich so fucking good? And it's because I forgot I'm in New York for work and New York bagels are a thing. I just like got a bagel sandwich because that's what I wanted and it just turned my whole week around. I was like, you know what? There is joy in this world because I ate a New York bagel sandwich right now. Well, I love how you're describing basically an, ex- an experience where a bagel was so good it almost made you cry or something because with a donut like at a donut place here um, a tiramisu donut, like I love showing it to people, especially people who don't live in Chicago and like the way I tell them, it's like it's so good you'll cry. Like it's like because I feel like with so Several people who have tried it, and it's just like an oh my god, once they take a bite into it. I totally believe that donuts can do the same thing, probably for other people more than me, just because I, I just don't go for sweets normally. And I have been wowed by sweets for sure. It is possible, but that savory punch to the gut just mm, gets me every time. So, what is your go to bagel? I usually go for something simple, actually, uh, which is not how I usually go with food. My go to is like a sesame seed, or like a poppy seed, or an everything especially when it's a good bagel i don't want to like distract from that yeah that's fair what sweets do grab you then oh what sweets do grab me i love swedish fish (laughs) that's like my favorite little candy i don't know it just tastes so good and i think really deep dark heavy chocolate cake like the kind where it's going to be a struggle to pick it up because it's like 50 pounds i want to eat a slice and wonder if my intestines can handle it kind of heavy chocolate cake like well i really love like the richness of chocolate especially like dark chocolate and i and then i could see why somebody who's not that big on like sweets like would like that because it's like chocolate doesn't need to be like a complete fucking sugar bomb to be good and i mean that's part of the appeal of chocolate say i'm team white chocolate i'm not big on dark milk chocolate's great but dark chocolate i mean if it was in something like a cake or brownies or cookies that would be great but not big on just eating a piece of dark chocolate on its own i i I really love dark chocolate with like sea salt and then like some kind of like peanut butter or something like that like that is so fucking good okay i think i tend to pair my sweets with something more savory i like the coffee chocolate combo um like espresso powder in your chocolate cookies kind of thing but i i think i also also just like my regular meals to have a little bit of a sweet side to them and then not do dessert. There's a, a place near the college I grew up, college I went to, and it's a Moroccan restaurant and they have like this meat pie that they put cinnamon and powdered sugar on top and it's so good.
good. It's so good. It's like a phyllo dough pastry filled with minced meat. Mm, delicious. Sounds fucking awful. But that being said, I won't knock it till I try. I wouldn't knock it till I try it. I'm sure it is actually delicious. They have a vegetable version too. So, Nate, do you have any questions for us? How long do you think this episode is going to take to edit? Next question. (laughs) We're hanging up right now. So it takes roughly an hour to edit 10 minutes of content. Although if we have audio issues, it can take a lot longer. At a guess, it will probably be around 18 hours across the three episodes. Well, I appreciate every minute that you put into it. Thank you. We appreciate you being on. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was a fun conversation. Oh, you're, I'm like, you're, you're, you're just such, you're just such a good one i mean with with talking about this you're so appreciative of this like when we talk about kink it's like you're you know you're so i mean you seem like you you know you seem like you'd be a very appreciative sub but then you're also a very giving and caring dom it's just like god oh i agree i hope you had a good time on the show hope we didn't bore you to tears too much definitely not yeah it's like i mean we definitely should meet at some point whether you know whether it's the three of us or, or if you go to australia and then come to chicago or whatever yeah, there's a possibility my work might send me to Chicago. I've been voting for Chicago as the place to go. So if everyone else votes with me, maybe I'll, maybe I'll end up there later this year. I'll cross my fingers for you. Everybody cast in your ballots. So that was the end of our conversation with Nate. But through the magic of editing, here we are six months later for a follow-up conversation. So how's it going, Nate? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Time's been treating me pretty good. Well, that's what we like to hear. So let's talk Ticklefest 2023. Tell us everything. Oh wow, there's a lot. First off, it was it was really great. Not that every year isn't great to some extent, but like this something was special about about this one. First of all, it was our largest one ever, so we had 149 people show up. Very impressed with, and it was a really great group of people. Lots of newbies. They all fit in really well, really quickly. The space. This is a hotel we've never been at before because we move every year for accessibility, so people can afford to come if they're local. But this one had the best playroom we've ever had. Uh, so it was just massive. A like three bedroom suite with like a huge living room and full size fridge all stocked up. It was well, multiple size, multiple full size fridges. It was wild. Three beds that we totally um, decked out with restraints and toys. And we even had the uh, on Friday and Saturday night, Rich from My Friend's Feet even put his uh, chair that he uses in all of his videos like in the playroom so that you could you could use it. You could just jump in uh, and like be one of the guys kind of like in the videos we've all watched. That was just a blast. But that's all stuff that we have every year. It's a little better, a little higher quality, more people. That's all great. But that's not what made the difference. You know, the, the hotel is an important part of, of getting together. But something was just a little bit more special about this one. And I talked to a bunch of people at it and they felt the same thing. And it's really hard to describe. But there there was like a, a more increased sense of like togetherness there. I'm going to tell a story that I think will describe what I'm trying to talk about a little bit better. Ticklefest isn't just a fetish convention where we get together and play and leave. It's more than that in the way that we get to connect with other people who feel just like us. And we generally care about each other and stay connected for years. So one of the things that happened this year is that we have a member who has been coming since the very beginning. He's come to, I think, every single fest that we've had for 30 years. And he is an airline pilot. He has been flying for, I think, like 40 years or something. And he's just a big personality, Right. He walks in the room and he honestly just fills it with joy. He's one of my favorite people. 
And unfortunately, he was diagnosed with cancer recently. And because of that, he was not able to fly his plane during a retirement flight that they do. It's a really special thing for pilots. The fire department comes out and they shoot water arcs and you fly your plane through it. And it's a huge honor and a really, really important thing for pilots to get to experience. And he couldn't have that, which was not not great. So we all learned that at the fest and we kind of last minute put together our own version of that. We raided all the targets and bought all the bubble guns we could. We took one of the cakes that we hadn't decorated yet and put it with his name and uh, you know a plane. We found out what the air traffic controller says during that final flight and we like told him a lie to get him out of the, the room for the announcements on Friday and we got the whole group together to like stand up and cheer for him and we, sh- we shot arcs of bubbles that he got to walk through um, like it was his final flight and it was really just like a magical moment because I think it was one of those times especially for the new people that they kind of saw oh wait this is more than just what we thought it was because I you know once once I showed up for the first year I was like oh I'm I'm coming back every year these are my people and you know he's he's my people and I have so many of people there that are you know what I would consider my family in a way so you can get an aspect of that there that's not to say that it's all <laughs> hugs and bubbles and rainbows all the time there is a lot of fun and friends to be had but I think that's something that's particularly important to me as a queer person because I feel like your real family the one the, the biological family the one you grew up with the one you didn't get to choose um, isn't often as easy as it is for a lot of other people not that family is ever easy but it's always complicated and I feel like this is this like fills that gap in a way that that makes me really happy I don't have to hide anything there's not a single story in my brain that I have to be like oh can't tell that one here and then you know there's always the fun part of kissing cute boys that also want to kiss you back I had a grand time and the hotel staff was super great to us and they actually loved us so much they want to invite us back so I always love to hear when our guests are you know kind to them and they're very kind to us it's a great time weather was good nothing to complain about really Uh, that's a really sweet story I don't know I love hearing um, just seemingly wholesome stories like you know from Kingster yeah, thank you for sharing that story, Nate. It's equal parts heartwarming and heartbreaking at the same time. And with that, Nate, do you have any final words or any parting words of wisdom for our listeners as we head into this holiday season? I would say you should find someone who feels like you and connect with them, whether that's by shacking up and and kissing someone cute, or if that's reminiscing about your favorite cartoon with your sibling. That's a a good thing to do for the, the holidays. All right, guys, that wraps up our conversation with Nate. So we'd like to once again thank Nate for joining us. Thanks for having me. This was a really good time. Absolutely. Now, this was our last show for 2023, so we would like to take this opportunity to wish you all a safe and happy holidays and all the best as we head into 2024. Natty and I will be back January 12th or January 13th, depending on your local time zone, with a special Instagram live episode where we endeavor to loosely re-record our first episode, All Things Gags. Keep an eye on our Instagram pages. That's at substandardsemi2, thoughtful.fetishist, and the bondage gaze for further information in the coming days. If you have a question you would like answered on the show, please don't hesitate to message us directly. We hope you can join us there live. Otherwise, our regular weekly episodes will be resuming on January 18th as we inch closer to the conclusion of this supersized third season. So until then, I'm Sammy. And I'm Matt. See you in the new year.